faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Welcome to this special Advent edition of the Black Madonna Speaks with me, your host, Stephanie Georgiev. For my faithful listeners, you'll notice there's a bit of a different rhythm for the episodes during Advent in that I am posting episodes on Sundays up through Christmas Sunday this year and will return to Wednesdays in January after the new year. It has been quite the year this year. I have heard on various science news reports that the world is actually spinning faster these days. The geologists and astrophysicists tell us it is about a microsecond. But if you ask me, I feel like we are spinning at light speed, actually. Definitely hyper, more than a millisecond. We're also hearing from various scientific and spiritual sources that our Earth is going through a major transition. The planet is going through a different belt of energy in the cosmos as we hurtle through the galaxy. And in spiritual terms, we are gearing up for a great transformation at this particular time. Advent this year in 2022, for me personally, is a time to reflect on what I want to become, what I want to give birth to individually, but also what I want to contribute collectively as we earthlings have important decisions to make as to what sort of people we want to be, what sort of communities we want to have, and how we want to shape our future. In the Advent epistle of the Christian community, one of the sentences that really speaks to me is where it says, become, it says. And this is why I think and I approach Advent and why I think Advent 2022 is so profound. Our current times of great upheaval and turmoil are not much different than the times of that first Christmas in Palestine. For me, it is quite profound that we are slowly coming out of a pandemic when the entire human population on the earth had time to sit back and contemplate on how they want to live. This is why I think Advent 2022 is so profound. We all had quite the gestation period of inward reflection, sitting inside our apartments or homes, without our usual lives filled with so many distractions. I think our current turmoil as we emerge out of this pandemic is very much like the turmoil during the first Christmas. It is the Earth's and humanity's birthing process for something profoundly new. I also feel that the Black Madonna as an artistic gesture, bringing messages from the spiritual world, has deep resonance with Advent in general, but this Advent in particular. So I hope you will join me in these Advent reflections with the Black Madonna as we contemplate on how we want to be, how we want to become in this Advent season, and what are the messages these Madonnas carry to us 
during this very pivotal time. My Patreon supporters, for whom I am so grateful, are having special content posted daily for them on reflections of various Black Madonnas during each day of Advent. If you would like to join us, you can become a patron at the $10 a month level or donate $25 as a one-time donation to my PayPal, and you will be included in these daily meditations which are going to be released as a journal next year. Details on how to do this are in the program notes of the podcast. For the second day in Advent, the meditation is on a beautiful stained glass window in Shalta Cathedral. St. Anne and the child Mary are part of the lancet windows under the north transept of Shalta Cathedral. This set of windows shows the lineage leading up to the incarnation of Christ. The windows were crafted from 1230 to 1235 in a method that has been lost in time. Legends regarding St. Anne are found in medieval scripts, such as the life of the saints and the golden legend. While these legends are not biblical, Some of the more traditional stories most familiar to our medieval ancestors regarding the life of the Virgin are found in these classic and then popular texts. In these legends, Anna is the mother of Mary, who late in life gave birth to the Virgin Mary. Anna and Joachim, Mary's father, were considered temple servants at the Grand Temple in Jerusalem and Mary was dedicated to service at this temple at a young age. One of the legends that comes from these sources is that Mary wove the curtain that was placed in front of the Ark of the Covenant, separating the sacred item in its place called the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple. It is also this curtain or veil that was ripped in two at the moment of Christ Jesus' death signaling that there was no longer a separation between divinity and humanity upon this deed. I have great affinity for this imagination, that Mary wove the veil that encompassed the Holy of Holies, and then this veil was ripped in two by an earthquake at the moment of Christ's death on the cross, symbolizing the breaking down of barriers between divinity and humanity. For me, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is a central facilitator in the entire mystery of the Incarnation and why the Madonna in general is the focus of our hearts during Advent as we prepare a home for the divinity within. Shalta Cathedral, as many of you have heard me say on numerous occasions, was home to a Templar mystery school. The focus of the mysteries of Shalta are on the mysteries of birth, specifically of the mysteries of darkness into light, which is at the heart of the birth mysteries. The entire cathedral encompassed different aspects of initiation, 
but updated for the corresponding era. It is striking that St. Anne, the mother of Mary, is depicted as having a dark face in this beautiful lancet window. The color is not due to age or grime, but a purposeful pigmentation conveying that indeed this image was meant to be black, and the individual pictured was the mother and grandmother of the Christ child. This is why I consider, even after the painting of the Black Madonna called Our Lady of the Pillar in the main sanctuary, that Chartres is the home to three Black Madonnas, St. Anne with the child Mary, Our Lady of the Pillar, and Our Lady of the Underground. Chartres is part of a larger constellation of cathedrals throughout France who bear the name Notre Dame, or Our Lady. Each cathedral in this constellation of cathedrals corresponds to a star within the Virgo constellation, meaning an earthly reflection of the stars that make up the star cluster of Virgo. What is most striking about this Earth Cathedral star correspondence is the star of Chartres, the star that corresponds with Chartres in the Virgo constellation, is called Parima, and she is the goddess of head-first birth. In medieval times, pilgrims would come to Chartres and spend the night singing and praying in the crypt, preparing to enter into the dazzling, multicolored light of the main sanctuary. The image of St. Anne with the child Mary were there to greet them as they emerged from the darkness into the light of day. The second week of Advent is when time seems to really speed up, whether or not the earth is facilitating this, but I know this first week of Advent, it's all fun and new and shiny, and we have so many weeks to get prepared. But this second week is when everything gets a little more serious in terms of responsibilities. The crush is on in terms of parties and celebrations, church activities, such as concerts, advent gardens, and festivities, seem to fill every second of the days. In the Christian community traditions, as well as Waldorf practices, we build a creche each Advent Sunday with different symbolic objects. On the first Sunday, we bring objects from the mineral kingdom, such as crystals and rocks. This is to symbolize the physical aspect of earthly existence. During the second week, plant substances are brought to the manger as symbol of the etheric, the life body of all things. And that basically means uh, pieces of plants, uh, flowers, little cactuses, whatever people want to bring, but they have to be from the plant substance. And the purpose of this weekly practice is to remind us that Advent is a time of becoming, of preparations for birth, not only of the Christ child, but of ourselves as well. The liturgical reading for the second Sunday in Advent is found in Luke 3, verse 1 through 6, and I will be reading from the New International uh, Version. 
In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip Tetrarch of Ituria, and Trachonitis and Lysanias, Tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. In this reading, the verses hearken to the prophecy in Isaiah and are also beautifully rendered in one of the solos in Handel's Messiah, of which my sweet father used to sing when his choir would perform the Christmas section of this meaningful classical oratorio. In these verses found in Luke, we also learn of John the Baptist and the beginning of his ministry. John was considered the one who paved the way for Christ's ministry. We know that Mary had spoken of what was to come in her proclamation through the Magnificat, also called Mary's Song, when she met with her cousin Elizabeth after Mary had been visited by the Archangel Gabriel. The verses of Mary's Song or the Magnificat are found in Luke 1, verse 46 through 55. And I will read them to you again. And again, this is from the New International Version. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rules from their thrones, but has lifted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This verse is profound, mainly because Mary was proclaiming the complete upending of earthly materialistic power structures. For me, it is interesting to contemplate these verses in of our current age, that gives so much power and attention to the extremely wealthy. Not that there's anything inherently wrong with being wealthy, but that earthly wealth is valued, and those who have it are given importance. Wealthy people are simply human beings with lots of money and possessions, 
and are no different in the eyes of divinity than anyone else. This is obviously not how materialism judges wealth. We give magical powers and focus to people with money, and it's not healthy, nor does it contribute to the well-being of the beloved community, as we are witnessing the endless barrage of campaigning for political power by wealthy individuals. But I digress. It is interesting that Mary spoke these words in the presence of her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant with John at the time. And we hear in the Bible that the babe leapt in Elizabeth's womb upon coming in contact with Mary and the babe inside of her. The second candle lit on the Advent wreath for the second Sunday in Advent is called the Faith Candle. For those of us who grew up with Advent traditions in our families and through the church, these verses we have heard each year are so familiar, we often overlook their profound significance. What was it really like to have lived through the times and events surrounding the first Advent? What if Mary had said no? What if Joseph ignored his dreams and cast Mary aside? What if John had chosen a more traditional role in his culture? To be told you are to help bring about the great transformation of the cosmos foretold by ancient prophets, what was it like to experience such news? It took great faith to carry out these deeds of Mary, Joseph, and John. These individuals may have had other plans for themselves, other desires. Destiny had other tasks in store. In spite of all the reservations, going against customs or even understandings, these individuals had faith in the divine world and said yes to being a part of the unfolding mystery. And this unfolding mystery is revealed through this incredibly beautiful window in Chartres Cathedral, which shows all of the ancestors of the Christ child leading up to Mary and St. Anne. As we enter the second week of Advent, let us focus on how to bring the highest ideals to ourselves and our communities. How can we be part of ushering in the great cosmic transformative love that was born on that first chaotic Christmas? How can we envision the birth of our higher purpose and selves for the coming age? How can we weave faith into this process? This is Stephanie Georgia. Thank you so much for spending your valuable time with me and blessings on your Advent journey.